What is up, Fence fam, and welcome to the Fence Expert Podcast, a podcast devoted to anything and everything fence. Whether it's tools, guests, or answering your fence-related questions, you've come to the right place. This podcast is sponsored by OZFence.Store, your one-stop shop for all your fencing-related hardware. Right now, they're offering a free shipping of $150 or more, and if you use the discount code PODCAST, you can save 15% in addition to the free shipping. With all that being said, let's dive into this week's episode. What is up, Fence Fam? So good to see you guys again, virtually as it were. Uh, we are here for another live Q&A once again. Appreciate you guys joining us. If you guys are tuning in on a podcast, you are listening to a live version of, or a recorded version of a live conversation uh, that I host most every Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. Central. If you like what you hear, it's always helpful to leave a positive review. Uh, if you'd like to tune in live and be part of the conversation, like I said, every Saturday, most every Saturday, 10 to 11 Central, uh, you can search Joe Everest on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram now. So that's something new. Tune in wherever you like and join the conversation. If you guys are watching live, let us know you're here by saying hello. And also, any uh, Fence Tech AFA-related questions, we'd love to see those in the comments below. First and foremost, before we get started, i got to give a shout-out, Expert Stain and Seal. I appreciate you guys sponsoring these lives. Guys, they're a sponsor because I like using them. We've used them longer than they've been a sponsor. Really good people, really great family. You guys can't go wrong with Expert Professional Wood Care Products. Huge shout out to Caleb Ashley and the whole expert team. Without further ado, if you read the description, you know who today's you know who today's guest is, the one and only Michael Reed. Michael, how are you? Hey, good morning. How are you? I feel I feel like we just saw each other, but not a few days ago. It was. It was nice to spend some time with you there, and it's nice to be here today to talk about FinTech. As always, I appreciate you making time available on a Saturday. I mean, it, anytime, anytime I ask, the answer is always yes. So I absolutely appreciate that. Well, likewise. Thank you. Let, let's say hello to a few people. Well, first and foremost, if you guys are watching this on Facebook, apparently StreamYard has redone all of their uh, permissions. So you need to click on this StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook to give permission for uh, them to use your username. So it doesn't just say Facebook user, such as this Facebook user. It says, good morning. Good morning, Facebook user. Say hello to a few more people. Roger was the first one in the chat. Hello, Joe and Fence fam. Nice to meet you, Michael. Good morning, Roger. There you go. Hello, Roger. Welcome back. I say welcome back. Good to see you back. Let's every, back. every time I Every time I lurk in on the show, Roger's here, so... He is. He is too. He's. I'll have to look. Go back and look. But I think he's probably one of the longest, like regular commenters in the show. He's got to. I would think different. so because I, you know, I occasionally miss because of other obligations. But um, I always see Roger's comments come in. Absolutely, absolutely. Glad, glad to have you here, Roger. Front Rock Fences says, "Hi, Joe. I had a dream. I drowned in an ocean of orange soda. It was a fantasy." I love that. I love Thanks. that. Nice. Hey, Front Rock Fences, uh, two oranges were having a conversation, but they couldn't uh, couldn't make out what the other was saying because one was Mandarin. You see. Stevie Boy Billings, what is up from across the pond? Good afternoon, Joe and the Fence fam. Good afternoon, Stevie. We already said hello to this Facebook user. Also, a reminder, do the Facebook check-in thing. Jeremy, hello, hello. Hi, Fence fam. Hello, Shermie. Shermie, did you get connected with the women, uh, the women's group 
let me know. I know we had talked about that before. So Jeremy is a fence contractor in, oh man, D Texas for sure. I want to say the Dallas area. So we'd love to see you get connected. We also know this gentleman, Clint Imes. Hello, Clint. Merry early Christmas, gents. Hey, Clint. Merry Christmas. For sure, for sure. Michael, we got a big event coming up. I say we. I I'm going. You're uh, you're in full full uh, organizer mode right now. I'm sure. We are the team. I, I, you know, it's nice that I get to come here and talk about FinTech, but you know, the, the there is a group of people behind that team that is just an amazing group of logistics people and sponsorship support people and education support. I mean. The, the putting on an event of this size at the level that uh, we do is is certainly not because I'm, I'm I get to do the fun stuff and talk about it, but the the heavy lifting is done by an incredible group of people of, of both staff and volunteers uh, who who work together to put on this show for the industry and and um, yeah it's it's an amazing thing but it's. Me being here is at the very tippy, 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 tippy top of the iceberg. There's a, there's a whole group of volunteers and, and staff who work together to make this an amazing event. Yeah, I think that was one of my um, one of the things that I had found surprising once once I got involved with AFA and started uh, just I don't know peeking behind the curtain may not be the right but kind of seeing the behind the scenes was just sure. it 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 really does take a village. Like it takes yes. a tremendous amount of people to put an event of this size on. Well, it's almost like that whole concentric search, concentric circle thing. So there's a there's a small group of staff and volunteers who are kind of driving the train forward, and then there's a whole separate group of people, the sponsors and the other volunteers who are involved, and the people who just get involved for that event. And then there's a wider concentric groups of of people that are in chapters, or they're just they're loosely affiliated with AFA or loosely involved in the industry, but they're part of the, the FinTech event. And then there's the largest kind of the largest part of the circle, which is all the people who attend, all the people who uh, families are impacted by this event. I mean, the one thing that's amazing about this event is that yes, it, it takes place one time a year and we all gather together for this, but the impact that it has on, and even a convention city like Nashville, we will have a huge impact on um, on that city, on the families that are impacted by that city. Uh, so that's kind of the widest part, and it's it's our community uh, uplifting that Nashville community and um, coming together to kind of rejoice in one another and and help each other be successful. It it really is one of the main reasons that I love being part of of the fence industry absolutely i mean it's going to be and what a great place for it nashville tennessee i mean it it feels like just a really good blue collar destination for a lot of guys to to come together i mean obviously talk shop right learn a little bit more about fence get better professionally uh but also network with each other i think a lot of i think a lot of folks look forward to this it's just the the kind of reconnection with their with the fence family in person that they've maybe talked to talk to uh, throughout the year on social media, um, but basically like a personal reconnection almost. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that makes Fence Tech um, 
so incredibly relevant in today's fence industry is that there is so much innovation that's happening and the innovation is not just on the product side. There's a ton of innovation on the product side, sure. uh, but there's also innovation happening in terms of how people install things. And there's innovation that's happening in people's businesses. And I think when people are kind of calculating out that return on investment, because sure. you know it's an investment to come to FinSTIC, but when people are calculating it, that out, for some people, it's very easy because they're getting that, that connection that you just mentioned that they know they look forward to that connection each time. Other people have to kind of go through a, you know, go through a calculation in their head on what's the return on investment. Sure. And I think one of the things that is kind of proving itself out in, in, in the industry today is that the suppliers, the manufacturers and the folks who wholesale um, products are innovating so fast and changing the way we do things in the industry that you FinTech almost becomes you can't miss because where else are you going to see all that innovation? Well, and then I think this, that's worth I think that's worth touching on for a minute. Just yeah. sitting right there yeah. in that because so when my dad when my dad owned our business and he was a member of the AFA, he was in the camp of he he would go every other year or every yeah. every yeah. two or three years and say well. You know, if I see it this year, I'm good for another year or two, and then I'll go back and see what's new. I think as technology advances, I think the speed of innovation also advances. Correct. Right. We see iterations faster and faster. Now, with social media, we get a glimpse into those, right? And YouTube and such, we get a glimpse into some of those innovations. Uh, but this is a time that is that we can actually put our hands on things, that we can actually you know, ask one-on-one -on -one questions. We can meet in person, some sales reps that we've had conversations with throughout the year. The the in-person aspect of it, I think, cannot be ignored when we're talking about the ROI. Uh, and also, so there's there were a few things there last year in OKC, some items I had never seen before, mm -hmm. right? And when I researched them afterwards, they're, they're all over, you know, they're on social media. They're, they've obviously got a web presence, but... They just weren't in my algorithm, right? It just didn't show those to me. So they were available. I still didn't even have anything. I didn't have any idea they existed until we were there in person shooting some videos. And I thought, oh, well, this is incredibly interesting. What is What does this thing do? Uh, so, Joe, that's one dynamic, that idea that I can see something that I didn't even know existed. But there's a whole other dynamic that since 1962, AFA has been doing, and that's the problem solving thing. So you have problems in your business. We have problems in our business. Everybody's got challenges in their business that they're trying to solve. And so one of the things when I'm talking to people, whether they're suppliers who want greater voice of the customer input, or if they're contractors who want greater, you know, they want to improve something in their business. I'm like, come to FinTech with the four or five most challenging business problems you have. And if you wanna calculate return on investment, write down your, your three to five biggest challenges. And I would be shocked if not all five of those you had, maybe not the full solution, but you had, if something was confounding you, you are gonna have a conversation or you are gonna see a product or a service that will allow you to address that problem. And, and, and then you get everything else that's part of FinStick. You get sure. the, the nightlife in Nashville and the connection in the, in the bars and, and, and events after kind of the show floor. So you've got to really take the whole experience. And, and if you, as a business owner, 
regardless of the side of the industry that you you work in, whether it's smaller side or or the contractor side, sure. if you can't walk away with solutions to your problems, uh, c- come see me and and I'll 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 show you how to do it because it, I would be shocked if you can't solve your own problems as a result of FinTech. I absolutely agree because what you'll if you've never been to FinTech, it's hard to explain <laughs> what it is, but. Yeah. It's, it's a group of industry peers and professionals from all over the country. And you, and you end up seeing like little little pockets, little knots of, of professionals just talking through, like you said, some issues that they're having or, you know, and that's always that's one of the things we've talked about a lot, you know, at these events and after these events is that there's almost an equal measure of value in the event itself but also in the networking opportunities after hours, offsite, that sort of thing, which is where a lot of these conversations you're talking about occur of, hey, what are you guys doing about this? And then that could spark a whole conversation of, well, I did it this way. Well, you do it that way. And maybe we can maybe we can combine two or three of these methods into some sort of solution that applies in your neck of the woods. It's funny because you know, you, you hear sometimes or, or probably more often than not this, well, you know, it would, it, it, you know, whatever, whatever we're talking about, that wouldn't work in my area because my area is so different. Like my you guys, business like, is so special. My yeah, business it, is so unique. My area is so unique. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what. So walk the floor of FinSec and say something like you guys have it good. Cause I've got rock in my backyard and watch <laughs> this is like 50 guys show. I'll be like, Oh yeah. You think you've got rock? I've got, yeah this oh i wish i had rock because i've got sand or i there is a little bit especially the later it gets in the evening there is a little competition (laughs) on who's got the bigger problems right my staff is this oh you think you've got staffing problems my staff is this (laughs) yeah but coming out of all coming out of all of that is is again if you loop back around to this idea that it, the idea that this helps you as a business owner, as a yeah. leader in the industry, this helps you solve problems. Uh, that return on investment is made pretty darn quick. If you sleep better at night after, or if if you if you are able to elevate your business, yeah. Well, and if to, you're net to scale your business up as a result of that investment, absolutely. Well, and just if your network grows right? Your, your network of yeah. folks that you can reach out to, to say, you know, some of my, some of my closest industry peers I've met at fencing events, right? Where we were talking through these problems. They're like, wait a minute. So you have something, you have a similar situation to mine. We should really stay in touch so that if I find an innovation or if you find an innovation, we can kind of swap notes. Well, I noticed that in, in Fence News USA, Mark Levin wrote an article uh, in there from CLFMI, Mark Levin from CLFMI, mm-hmm. wrote an article that basically made that exact point is uh, sometimes you don't get an immediate payoff. You may get an answer to a problem, yep. but sometimes it's the fact that you've known somebody over a period of time or that relationship is fostered or that changes in changes in the relationship because of the changes in the environment then lead you all to then create a new solution. And his point is um, you you just can't miss this event because because it happens at a scale like no other. Absolutely. One thing I will, one thing I will say about uh, you, you said that people will come around, you know, people from around the nation will come in and, and and I will, I will, I will, that's true. And then I'm going to add an and to it. 
Yeah. As the the speed of of um, change just engulfs our industry, and just like other industries uh, in the construction trade, you know, we're starting to look at things much more globally. And so, yep. even though we are the American Fence Association. I think that uh, as we look at FinceTech and, and some of the offerings as our, our businesses consolidate and become more global and supply chains become more global, which we saw you know, two years ago, mm-hmm. um, that's also where you can think of, if you've got a, a, a fence company in the, in the middle of Texas or in the middle of Oklahoma and, and you're starting to, middle of Missouri, and, and you're starting to think about well, how will I scale my business? You now have the opportunity to create a network, a global network that can help you achieve your goals. And, and, um, and that's, I think, one of the innovations that will continue to, to um, develop in our industry, not just at FinTech or not just for you personally as a business owner, but for all of us in the industry is that we'll now, um, because of the way our industry is structured and the businesses in the industry are structured, we're going to be seeing ourselves much more globally than we have been in the past. Absolutely. And, and I'll give a good example. So we were at FinTech New Orleans. Um, we were, it, it was towards the end of the day of one of the uh, uh, show floor days. And uh, I was chatting with uh, Matt Warner. We were over in his booth and just kind of cutting up with uh, some of the – actually, so, well – uh, we were just having a conversation with, uh, some of the, some of the industry professionals and, um, and then another gentleman had walked up, introduced himself and we started a conversation. We'll come to find out he's a vendor from Canada and, uh, Matt knew him previously and I, he and I introduced ourselves and all that. Well, that was two years ago. Uh, this year we, I had reached out to him because we had, we were wanting to carry an additional product line that I knew he carried because we had met each other just in a really informal way at this, you know, circle of professionals chatting about fence. Uh, it's relationships like that. And, and so talking about global logistics, uh, kind of made me think about that in that. Yeah. So it's, it's not only United States that American Fence Association can, can mean the entire North Americas, which will also include our brothers to the North and South. Uh, absolutely. And, and one of the great, other great examples of this is if you look at what happens in the, in the ag part of our, our business, um, you know, they take knowledge and information uh, from New Zealand and from the UK. And so we, we because of, it's not just products that, that cross borders, it's also knowledge and information. And, yeah. and so there's lots of examples and there will be lots more uh, as, as folks try to create a, you know, a competitive advantage for their own business, a unique selling proposition for their own businesses. Um, they're, gonna, they're going to leverage uh, the relationship that they have. And, and, and ultimately, even though that we are coming in a, you know, we're kind of like to talk about the kumbaya parts of going to fence tech uh, at the, at the end of the day, um, this is a, we're in an industry, we're in a, we're in a competitive industry. And sure. while we may be friendly competitors, we are still competitors. And, and to miss out on an opportunity like this would, would be detrimental to somebody's business. Yeah. Well, we've got, we've got a pretty large competitor here in our, in our, in our market that he and I were talking last year, actually it was right after fence tech and OKC. We had a home show that we were setting up for, and we we're just kind of chatting about life. And 
Um, he goes, man, I always see, he goes, you go to all these events every year. I was like, absolutely. Like I, I wouldn't miss one. Yeah. And he was one of these guys where he said, I don't, I just don't understand it. Like, what do you do every time you see the same people, you see the same vendors, you know, it, what are you doing? I'm like, well, here's the thing. One, I go to be, to be present, right. To take advantage of whatever opportunity, whether it be a personal relationship, you know, getting started or whether it's furthering a relationship with a vendor or just whatever, being present, just being in the room gives you access to all of this. And when you're not there, you miss out, you know, but he's, he's one of these guys and I mean, no, no fault to him, but this, how he was raised, I'm sure, you know, he said, you know, I just, I went once and I just didn't get anything out of it. You know, he, he walked the show floor for a day and a half and just kind of window shopped a lot of vendors and then took a lot of pamphlets home and just, he said, I just didn't get much out of it. Like, well, let's think about this in 180 degree uh, perspective. How much did you put into it? Yeah. How much time did you spend getting to know new vendors? Or again, like I said, strengthening relationships. That's the thing I try to try to get across. Like we are in a relationships industry. Whether we're talking about relationships with Absolutely. our customers and clients, we're yep. talking about relationships with our team, whether we're talking about relationships with our vendors, relationships are everything. And the more you can do to strengthen those, the stronger you find your business. Absolutely. So, well, uh, you know what we could do? That's a, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you were trying to segue, segue me into it, but uh, let's dig into some of the ways that people – some of the different ways, sure. I mean, we talked broadly at kind of the high level about the event itself, but you want to talk about some of the ways people could increase the, some of the very specific ways people could find value in, in the event? Yeah, I think the first place here, so Julie had the comment, uh, education at FinSTech looks fantastic this coming year. I say the first, let's start there because education actually starts in the beginning of the FinSTech, right? So yeah. before show floor, before all that education begins. So folks should know just at a very high, if sometimes it's helpful if you, if, if everyone understands kind of the model or the way that we yep. structured it, and then you can see how the meat, kind of the meat, how the meat's put on the bones. So first of all, our education session, our, our meetings team and our education team come together to, um, to, to create that, that content. And we use experts from the industry. So it's not, it's not, you know, they're creating the, they're setting the table and then they're inviting the experts to come participate. And we did a couple of different things this year. So the first thing we did is we did some pre-conference workshops. And so we'll have pre-conference workshops with uh, Sean King, uh, with Tony Thornton, and we'll run um, Gate Operation Design School kind of in a pre-conference way. So that'll okay. start on Monday okay. uh, and Tuesday. And then and then education starts on Tuesday and goes through Wednesday. And there's there's three tracks or four tracks. There's a leadership track, an installation track, a business a business schools track, uh, and then a sales track. So uh, that's how the education gets organized. And so the the way we tried to make the conference much more consumable. So if you have very specific needs in terms of scaling your business or in terms of learning how to design safe gates that happens early in the week. And then you can still participate in those four tracks, the business track, sales track, the install track, 
uh, or the leadership track. And, and, and that will appeal to various parts. I'm sorry. No, I'll appeal to various parts in your business. Yeah. And I was one thing to one thing to mention is now the, the tracks, the educational tracks was, was it last year was the first year that we kind of introduced tracks or was it the year before is right in. Well, we probably have all, we've always tried to put things in the categories to make them easier. I think um, the charge that I gave the team this year was make it very, very explicit of these, this particular content fits in this particular track. Absolutely. The the point I want to make sure everyone understands is you can you can absolutely switch tracks midstream. Absolutely. Right? You can you can pick a little bit from the sales, a little bit from the marketing, a little bit from the leadership and kind of meld those into kind of your own educational experience. Yeah, I, I think the what we wanted to do, though, is if we wanted to, we wanted to be able, if you're going down a buffet line to know where the meat and fish were, yeah. where the vegetables were, where the starches were, so that as you walked through, you were able to pick and choose exactly what you wanted. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think in this case, especially if we're talking about, we are definitely taking a more uh, sales-oriented approach to some of this education, some of the content we're producing to help people be better at, at sales. And so if you are looking at the, a sales leadership position, you might take a bunch of classes out of the sales course and then take a drop into the leadership course. Or if you're a brand new estimator, you just may stake all in the sales course. Or if you're a, a technician, you may pull, pull a bunch of stuff out of the technician, but these are, you're investing in people to go to FinTech. Right. Everybody should be participating in those business scaling and leadership courses, at least one of them that appeals to them. I think that's a good point in that if you are bringing a team, you can, I mean, each member of your team will have an emphasis somewhere, right? Yep. So say, Hey, your emphasis will be in the sales track. Now it's not saying you can't go outside of it, but let's start here and then venture into leadership or technician. Right. Um, I, I like, so when, when the announcement started coming out and kind of uh, who was speaking where and which track I was like, this is, I really enjoy the organization of it just to say, okay, so if I want to emphasize this team member in this role, I'll run them down this track. And uh, I, I appreciate the organization, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, and that, again, I'll say thank you, but that's a real credit to uh, Nick Reich and a whole series. I mean, really, literally, you know, a dozens of volunteers and our meetings planning team who has kind of worked really hard to, to prepare that, to, to, to set that table for people to be able to find what they want and, and get, get the value they need from education. Absolutely. Well, and running at the same time with education is also, there's going to be a few, you talked about gate operator. Uh, was it go out design, design school? Yeah. So, but you, so you're having some certifications run uh, at the same time as education kind of concurrently. Yeah. So you not, uh, so you can test, Mm -hmm. They're the only true certification program that we're running at FinTech start to finish is that design program. The other ones okay. are are a little bit longer. But um, sure. if you are looking at attending the Leadership Academy, you know, that's a day and a half long, a very specific leadership training for up and coming leaders in your organization. Uh, of course, you've got business strategies, uh, business strategies that you can look at with both Sean and Tony. Uh, and the, that that design school is that day and a half long school to learn how uh, to design um, safe gates. Absolutely. And so uh, and 
you can, there's also testing opportunities. So a lot of times people think that you have to take a piece of education and then test for that. And that's not how uh, our certifications are set up. You can, yeah. you can test for uh, those certifications at any time. And so at FinSTEC, when you're registering, if, if you've taken, if you've gone through education in the past and you need to, to take the certification exam, that opportunity will exist at FinSTEC as well. Okay. Okay. Very good. And of course, outside of outside of this conversation is mostly about FinSec, but also we've got uh, Fencing University coming next year, uh, later on next year to where if you do, if you do have the education now, you can also take take your certification tests later on in the year as well. Absolutely. So we've got the education tracks, guys. If you want to find out more information, uh, we've got the link here to where you can jump over on the AFA's website to check out the educational uh, sessions and series that are going on there. Let's let's back up just a little bit. Uh, Williams Fence uh, has a question. When is Fence Tech? So it's January 22nd uh, through the 26th. It's about five weeks. It, it is going to be upon us in a hurry. It is going to be right around the corner. Yeah, and Which, I would I would just tell people that um, you know our industry has a tendency to do things last minute. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is one of those things where I would suggest that people jump on stuff now. And and there's one simple reason from from a housing perspective. Yes, there are tons more options uh, in in Nashville than there are previously, but we bring a ton of people to the city, yep. and so. We will have a ton of people who drive into this, and I don't think they should expect to find hotel rooms uh, late in the game. I, I, sure. I would encourage people to, um, to, to register now, to get your housing taken care of, um, and, and know before you go and kind of slow down for the holidays, um, don't, don't put this off. And, and mostly because um, you want to get that housing taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, you want to make sure you got a place to stay. You want to make and, sure you got a place to stay. And I think that's important in what you had said. Do it now before the holidays. Because if if your holidays are like mine, you'll blink and all of a sudden it'll be the second week second week in January and you're saying, wait a minute, we're two so, weeks out from this? Yeah, exactly. And and that was one of the points that, that Mark made in his article earlier is that people get into a cadence to have us to be able to come back from the holidays and then still have plenty of time to register. But because of the way the timing worked out this year for Nashville, we're actually in late January. And so Joe, you're absolutely right. You should do this, just I'm gonna plant it in folks' minds. You should do this before you slow down for the holidays because when you get back, you'll be jumping back into business and then this will be one more stressful thing that you'll have to worry about to get your team registered for for Fizz. Yeah, you're going to be trying to catch up from the holidays because everyone takes some amount of time off for the holidays. Right. So you're right. trying to catch up. And like you said, you might end up having to stay outside the city because the, the hotels, there are a lot of hotels there in the area. But to your point, I mean, there's going to be a lot of attendees. There's going to be a lot of vendors who are all bringing teams of team members that all have to stay somewhere. Joe, I, I can't impress upon you enough. So one of the things that's happening more and more is that these these you know, our, our major sponsors for the program are bringing in their entire team. So you have companies that are out there uh, on the supplier side that are bringing 70 or 
That 70 is the largest number that I've heard, but uh, sure. I've heard several folks mentioning 30s and 40s yeah. of their, they're bringing all their, their business development people in, or they're bringing all of their executives in. And, and you know, there's a reason for that because they're getting great value of, of those individuals hearing the voice of the customer on the show floor. Yeah. But you're right, they are taking up a, a ton of space. And so uh, I do know that one hotel is is generally almost fully um, sold out. And so there's still, you can still get in and still register, but I wouldn't wait yeah. until January to do that. I'd, I'd encourage people to do it now. Yeah, doing it now would, would be the proactive approach for sure. And, and, and it, it would probably be lead stressful. to the best experience. It'd be less stressful for you at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's in Nashville this year. Great location. It's a block off of, of the main strip. They're off of Broadway. Um, it is going to be right in the heart of Nashville, right in the middle it of is. everything. It is. And and so we've been talking a lot about the business reasons and the return on investment. And so let's just talk a little bit about how, how much fun this is going to be. So oh, yeah. you kind of at the top of the show, you you kind of said like this couldn't be a, a better location in terms of the personality of our, of our industry. And I, I think, I think that's largely right, but I think, sure. I also think we bring the party no matter where we go. Oh yeah. Uh, and, but I, I will say that we've incorporated a lot of fun. So instead of a keynote speaker this year, we've got a group of musicians of, of famous singer songwriters who will talk about, and, and, and everybody's kind of familiar now with the, the business behind the scenes of music. And so these folks are going to sing some award-winning songs. And then in between those songs, they're going to riff on what their business experiences will look with like what's similar in the fence industry to, um, to their business, their music businesses and how the challenges they had in their businesses and are similar to, you know, the challenges our owners, whether they're on the supplier side or the contractor side have. And so that's going to be really fun. Uh, and then when we have this opening party, pickets and, and picks, yeah. that's going to be dynamic. And so uh, you, we'll have you and the fellow podcasters in the AFA booth talking about what's happening. And, and yep. one of the things that I'm hoping that you'll continue to focus on is how much fun that, that we're having during that event. So well, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's, so we were, we were just at Tony Thornton's uh, fence business conference and that was the, that was the topic of conversation that kept coming up was that how much everyone was looking forward to coming to Nashville and just, I mean, getting a lot of value, but also having a lot of fun. Uh, Nashville is just an incredible place to host one of these events at. Well, you know what? So when, uh, when I was hired a year and a half ago, one of the underlying themes of my whole entire interview process was we're, we're, we're always so serious about the business of, of fence gate and perimeter security. We're always so serious. You're, we're always so serious. Help make us fun again. And, and I'm like, guys, you, you are fun. It's just that you are responsible for the business of the industry. So, <laughs> yeah. so when we talk about, when we talk about getting together and those, those, interpersonal connections with folks that you have, we call it networking, mm -hmm. that those interpersonal connections, that's, that's fun, but we're also introducing a lot of fun in terms of um, the pickets and picks party, yep. the keynote speaker, um, the, the special interest groups, uh, SIP and seminar, 
So there's a lot of things that are built into the, the agenda, the business, to make sure people have a really good time connecting with their other industry leaders. Absolutely. Well, and I like that there's that room that's available for that, right? So there is there is structured learning, there's educational series, there is the networking, there is the you know show floor of just relationship building, but there's also room and there's also time available for the after hours, hang out with your friends and have a good time. Again, build relationships with your peers, right? Um, now, I will say this, a little, little unsure on how many people are going to show up early in the mornings for uh, some of these events, uh, maybe for the beginning of the show floor, it's, it is a block off Broadway. So, so we, um, did, we did accommodate that. So we set good expectations and we adjusted it. I think, I think people will be fine. I think yeah. that, I think when your company is invested in you as an attendee to go, or yeah. if you're working that show, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to drag out of there. There'll be lots of coffee around. <laughs> Absolutely. There'll be a little bit of hair and dog that bit you. Sure. I mean, this sure. is going to be, this is going to be a, a, this is going to be one of those times. And and so when you're new, when you're new in a role, like I was with the executive director role, you know, people like to talk about things and Nashville previously, people still talk about when the event. So we're creating an activity that, that people are going to talk about for decades. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the opening party, the yep. pickets and picks, yep. uh, because this is, I mean, we saw this at uh, first last year at OKC, the opening party uh, I thought went incredibly well. And it sounds like this year has taken that as a foundation and built on it. Can you talk a little bit about what to expect at the opening party? Sure. So, uh, so Robert and Chance, who organized that event in Oklahoma City, uh, we got connected with them soon after, you know, early last year after after Oklahoma City, and and NFA has always had a, a decent opening party, um, and then the last two years we had gotten away from hosting them, and I thought I felt like and others it wasn't just me, but we felt like it would be a tragedy to have you know this this dynamic this kind of dynamic duo creating this opening party and then trying to reinstitute that because in Nashville. And so the idea was, Hey, what, what well, let's get these guys involved. Yeah. Absolutely. And I will tell you getting them involved has gone far beyond the far, far beyond just the pickets and picks pickets and picks is going to be dynamic. We're, uh, we're, we're dotting the I's and crossing the T's on, on talent contract. It's going to blow folks away. Uh, we've got special events that are happening as part of that event. So it will be, it will be like an outdoor festival like atmosphere. When people show up, um, there's going to be a cornhole tournament. There's going to be a wall of guitars people could bid on. There's going to be all sorts of cool stuff that it makes it feel like, um, it's going to feel like an outdoor, an outdoor conference, um, an outdoor festival, music festival, uh, including Elijah Steiner, one of our our own industry members, um, kind of setting up at the headliner, opening nice. up for the headliner. And it's the whole thing, Joe, is just going to be one of those things, I think, gets built into the lore of, hey, did you go to sure. Finstech? Did you go to that opening party? <laughs> it's yeah. going to be awesome. 
Absolutely. I am absolutely looking forward to it. Like I said, last year's the, those guys did a, a incredible job and and they they had a pretty short runway to pull that off. They, it kind of got put together in the in the last few months before the event. So now I can't imagine if they've had a year plus or minus to really put this thing into effect. Man, I, I tell you what, I'm I think it's going to be something that uh, no one's going to want to miss. So the venue, by the way, the venue that we're using is the same venue that's used for the CMA awards. Okay. And so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just going to be done in a way that is just kind of first class, but so relaxed and uh, good food, good music, fun, good people. Don't miss it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not. We we've talked about this in depth. I will. We are making plans to attend uh, for sure because uh, well, it gets and, into that. And I just, and, go ahead. No, it just it gets into the relationship building, right? It starts yeah. it off at the beginning of the week. It sets the tone for the rest of the event. So it does set the tone for the rest of the event. And the the goal is remember, there's thousands of people that come to this, and so if you're able to connect with a couple dozen at this party. As you walk through the show floor, whether they're suppliers, whether they're working in a booth, it's so much easier if that you've you've had the chance to break bread and to that was one of the main things that Chance and Robert wanted to do with that opening party in Oklahoma City was to give a chance chance of people to 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 break bread and and have drink so that they were they had a head start on on the show floor. And, and we're carrying that same kind of attitude. It's, it's just a great opportunity if you if you've uh, if you've thrown a couple games of cornhole with somebody, it's a whole lot easier to start talking to them once you hit up, see them on the show floor about stuff. Yep, it's a great icebreaker. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk about a little bit about the show floor. Uh, where guys, so we've talked about the educational series. We've talked about uh, the opening, uh, the opening show or the opening event. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the show floor. What can folks expect to see when they walk in the doors of FinTech Show Floor? So, literally, what they'll see when they walk in the doors of FinTech is that it'll it'll be the park, and that so it's a it, it'll be indoor outdoor. So it'll look okay. like a, an outdoor space. There's lots of room. Uh, so people can spread out. There will be a ton of people. So we needed to create that atmosphere of largeness. Uh, come see us in the, AFA, the AFA booth. It'll be right there in that park area. The NOMA booth will also be right in that area as well. So the, the attendees will be able to walk in and filter through their organizations. And then, and then it's just surrounded by, by innovation and surrounded by people who are trying to help you grow your businesses. Uh, and and you'll have that, that show floor. In my opinion, if you you know, I came out of the I came out of the training side of, of association business, and I think about yes, the classes that people go to, but the other part, the practical part of learning, is when you're walking that show floor, and it's going back to that what we talked about earlier about solving problems. Sure, I've got some problems that I need solved. Who are the experts in this room that can help me solve them? Yeah. Uh, and then you get the, that, that dynamic that we talked about earlier of here's something new I've never seen before. I had no idea about this. And here's a, a solution to my problems that I can get solved. That all happens on the show floor. Well, absolutely. And introductions, right? So 
I guess this was in New Orleans also. I was talking to a vendor just about um, uh, just a difficulty we were having sourcing something, and that they didn't carry, but I was just kind of venting to them. Uh, they said, you know what? Let me walk over to these folks with you. Let me. Do you know them? I can make this introduction, and then I think they could probably help you along with this. And now, is that a booth I could have walked into and had that conversation? 100%. But it was much more comfortable to go with someone that I knew and have the introduction – kind of be made and then that that turned into be a uh, a very successful relationship for us as well yeah i i think it, it goes back to kind of the overall purpose of afa which is to solve problems and, and do it in a way it's together i i think that when you when you have the ability to have that experience what you just described um I'm telling you, if, you, if the person that you're talking to can't solve your problem and then the network that the two of you have together can't think through, well, who would be the best person to give me advice on this? I think that that's what people need to understand when when, yeah. um, when these people set up booth space and, and they're exhibiting, they are they love this industry and they are trying to help that attendee grow their business. And, and that's ultimately what they're here for. They're here because they love the attendee. They love the contractors who are coming and they want you to be successful. Of course they do because they want to sell you more product. Sure. But at sure. the end of the day, those, those aren't mutually exclusive. They, yeah. they, they can love you and want to sell you more product along the same lines. Sure. They want well, you to be able, they want you as the attendee to be able to solve more problems, to, um, to sell more and to solve more cut problems for your customers. And that's yeah. what ultimately, that's how that value chain works is that they're exhibiting, they're gonna help you solve problems so that then you can solve problems for your customer. Absolutely. Well, and a lot of it is, listen, we're all in the same industry, right? We all want to see the industry succeed. So part of this is, if I help you succeed and you help someone else succeed, then they they help me succeed. Like this is all one big one big industry. Right. Yep. So seeing helping other people that don't directly impact you still does impact you. It yeah, just maybe a little absolutely. bit down. Absolutely. So so we, you know, <laughs> I always have fancy ways of saying stuff often, sure. but these yeah. are these are mutually supporting activities. And so it's this yeah. concept of is a, I may not, I may help you solve a problem today, and you're going to remember that, that I help you solve that problem. And when, when then I have the problem that directly relates to what you can do for me, who am I going to call? Of course. Yeah. Of course. It's the same reason why you, when you're building fence out for a customer, while well, you'll go knock on the, the doors of the houses around you and say, yeah. hey, you know, we're building this great fence for, for your neighbor, or we're putting this fence around this, you know, this building, this, this, this commercial building down the road, we'd be happy to do that for you. Sure. It's the same exact concept. We want you, we have a, as AFA, and then by extension, the people who exhibit, they want you to be successful. Absolutely. Well, because again, it, it makes us, it makes the industry stronger and it's a better industry for us all to work in. Absolutely. You know, we, this conversation is going on a lot in general about professionalism, right? Yep. So this, uh, there were several conversations about this at, uh, at the last, at uh, Tony's event in that, you know, we need, uh, we need to do our best to try to raise the professionalism, right? Into being a kind of recognized professional trade, similar to 
you know, whomever, plumbers, electricians, roofers, whatever. Uh, and one of those ways is by helping each other succeed, right? Being there for each other. Yeah. And a lot of those topics, a lot of those topics that are happening in the industry right now are focused on this idea of, of gate safety. Uh, right. You know, Absolutely. this is this is gate safety has been uh, a topic of conversation in this industry uh, for over 20 years. You know, when when the industry came together, when uh, AFA and NOMA and um, CLFMI and IDA came together to create a new standard for automated gate safety to uh, to educate people on what UL325 meant to the industry in terms of automated gate safety. Like this gate safety um, movement started many years ago and sure. now it's been reinvigorated and kind of this new, it, it's, it's kind of an evolution. Uh, you know, the example that I like to use is for years and years and years, people didn't use seatbelts. And when seatbelts became law or seatbelts became part of the way the, the car industry promoted safety, people were like, I'm not using a seatbelt. Seatbelts, and then more and more people started using seatbelts. And then there was a lot of innovation. And then, and then now we have airbags and now we have multiple airbags and now we have even more anti-braking. And there's so, sure. so the way that, the way that the car industry and safety in the car industry evolved is kind of what we're seeing in our industry now with regard to uh, safety of our products. And we're seeing a lot of innovation happening on how to, to create integrated follower posts or how to create um, chains that are automatic, you know, that, that, that are part of the installation best practices and to prevent fallover on swing gates. So when we start talking about raising awareness or educating people on, on how to create safer products, um, that's, that's also part of what we're talking about here about professionalism and being part of, of something like FinsTech is it, it helps elevate you and your business, especially around a particular topic. And and, and in this case, you know, in Oklahoma city, we, we, um, in Oklahoma city, we raised the Quanbeck story and told the Quanbeck story. And, and Eric Quanbeck was there talking about his son, Alex, who was killed by a gate, (laughs) a falling gate. Uh, And tragically we had that same thing happen uh, this November with a little girl in Arizona. And so our people, are the, the awareness is there. And now people are saying, educate me, help me educate yeah. my people, help, help me be more professional uh, when I'm talking to customers about this issue. And that's where the industry is. And it's coming from all over. It's coming from AFA. It's coming from yeah. its workers association. It's coming from, um, consultants in the industry. It's, it is coming from everywhere. And guess Absolutely. what? Here we are solving more problems right. um, for the industry. And it's, it's a beautiful thing born out of tragedy, but right. it's a beautiful thing to see our industry come together to address this issue. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always been a topic of conversation, right? Gabe safety has always been something since I was a kid that, that was talked about. So it's not like this is an entirely new movement, right? This isn't an entirely new thought, but really how I view it is kind of like restoking those flames, right? They, they, they've been kind of smoldering. The, the embers have been there, 
but now we're restoking it to bring the conversation back to the forefront and, and hopefully enact real change as soon as possible. So, so if you think about, think about the adoption of um, specifically around automated gates. So the standard for that is F2200. When I'm talking to people about, you know, you, you're talking about stoking the fires, the analogy that I use, it's like a baton handoff in a relay race. Okay. Yeah. So these these folks from from the past 20 years, both on the contractor, the installer side, and on the manufacturer side, have been pounding it. Gate safety, automated gate safety, automated gate safety. Well, this last year, when with ASTM updating the F1184 uh, standard, a lot of those safety elements moved from the automated gate side into the rolling gate side into the, the, the manual gate side. And so in my mind, that's a baton handoff, all this, sure. you know, if you, if you talk to your dad about gate safety and, and he's going to go, man, we're talking about still talking about this. No, it's an evolution. We're now sure. talking about the difference between seat belts and the addition of airbags. Right. Uh, we're now talking about the way things happen differently. And, and, and I'm very proud. I have to say, I'm very proud of the way the majority of our industry is is looking at this saying we need to we need to raise awareness we need to educate people we need yep. professional certifications that denote expertise in this area we need uh, to engage the code officials on this who who are trying to enact safety in their communities we need to talk about licensing uh, so i'm proud of the way the industry is a is accepting this multi-pronged approach to gate safety. It's a, it's amazing. Well, I mean, as part, as part of Tony's uh, fence business conference, he dedicated a portion, a whole afternoon to the gate safety summit where the industry came together, right? Yep. It wasn't one organization. It was multiple organizations, right? Yep. It wasn't, it was, it was folks from all over the country that came together in the room. I think there was like 85 or 90 folks in the room. And you want to talk about a passionate group of individuals and, and here's why. And so there was a very, there were several very impassioned, um, just, I don't want to say speeches. They weren't really planned, but, uh, from people of the, from the perspective of, listen, I've got kids, right? I've got me personally, I've got a 15, a six and a two year old. You know, my six year old will climb anything possible. Right. Mm -hmm. So you had better believe when I came home, we had a conversation about gate safety. We're like, listen, you don't close gates. You don't know. You don't climb on gates. You don't all this sort of stuff. Um, but we heard a lot of impassioned individuals that, that came from that perspective. Like, listen, we are all, we are all parents or the majority of us here are parents or will become parents or have been parents. We can put ourselves in, in this, you know, in this uh, position of knowing you are know, at least thinking we know what that, what that family would go through that had, you know, any sort and obviously fatalities are awful. Right. If, if we could wave a magic wand today and make it go away, I think you'd see a whole room full of checkbooks get open. Like let's, yeah. let's end this today. What's the cost? Let's pool our resources and get this done. So, but also part of the conversation that maybe wasn't talked about as much, but has, you know, in, in a significant impact as well is, is maiming. Right. So 
the right. kids or adults. I mean, we're we're focusing on kids because that's been in the news, but or adults that are you know. Listen, some of these gates, you know, a large cantilever gate or an overhead track gate while installing, if it if it were to fall, I mean, that could be a career changing event, right, for an adult. So, so Joe, what strikes me, and yes, we are talking about gate safety with children because I think I think we're reacting to these these two yeah. very public incidences, the one in San Rafael, California uh, in 2019, and then this one now. Um, so we're reacting to that, but you're absolutely right. When we look at gate safety, it's it's not just kids that are getting hurt it, it, yeah. or killed. It's it's also employees who are yeah. closing a gate and having that gate come come off its track or come out of its its supporting mechanisms and and, and, um, and those are just those are just as tragic in in mine. It's just that. Yeah. You know, those aren't making the news. Those are those are accidents that are happening on a work site, and people are kind of just bruising by it. Yep. Uh, but those are talk about you're right, career changing accidents. Yeah. And here's Absolutely. what strikes me. Here's what strikes me about people talking after. So when we were talking in those, and there were some a lot of passionate um, opinions during yep. that conversation, I was shocked on how many people have a gate story. Well, this happened to me out in the field, or this happened to me when I was on a construction site with a gate, or my, one of my guys went out to do X, Y, Z, and this was the problem. Yeah. So how this gets personalized by so many people in the industry, um, those stories now need to come to light so that people recognize "Mm, this, this isn't, this could happen to me. That's the thing that yep. when you start to raise awareness and you want somebody to take action, you want them to recognize that could happen to me. Of course. That could happen to my company. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, or, my, or, or or my kids. And it's and like yeah. you say, it's, it's not uh, during one of these after hours conversations at the event, uh, we had heard from someone who um, they had a child maimed by a gate. Yep. Right. And so that was kind of their point is like, listen, we're focusing on the fatalities, which is absolutely horrid. Like we, if we can alleviate that tomorrow, we should, but also we're not taking into consideration just how many gates fall, but don't result in a fatality it, it, kids, adults and, and all that. So I think that, I think it's good to emphasize that too. Right. Is listen, we're not just talking about because here's, and here's why I say this we're talking about big heavy gates that could absolutely devastate someone if they fell on them. We need to be talking about gates in general, right? So like we focus on the greatest threat. Absolutely. But don't let it stop there. Right. It's also, we've got slide gates out here that, that may weigh a couple hundred pounds. You know, is it going to cause catastrophic physical injury? Probably not, but could it maim somebody? Absolutely. If my six-year-old tried to climb our sliding gate and the top roller was loose or whatever, it could absolutely tip him over. And and who knows? You know, who knows what happens then? So I say that to say we absolutely need to focus on the biggest threats first, but I don't I want to make sure it doesn't end there. So I, the doesn't end there is where I'd like to kind of put an exclamation point on this part of our conversation. One of the things that struck me this this past week uh, when we were meeting at Tony's event was was um, yes. So here here's where we can be helpful as AFA. 
we have to maintain this. So this, if this going back to the re, going back to the relay race, if this started 20 years ago and it was industry and the industry bought into this, now we have to reinvigorate that the entire industry. And it doesn't matter who creates an initiative to educate people or who does this. It doesn't matter. It's all of us kind of rowing in the same direction or or getting ready to hand off the that baton or hold the baton rather. That's the key. That's the key for now. And then and then where we can be the most helpful, where AFA, frankly, can be the most helpful is having the resources or or bringing the resources together, gathering the resources to make this sustainable, to make this a topic of conversation, because because this is this is constantly evolving. And and especially now in the social media age, especially now. These things aren't going to happen. Now, when, when an accident happens, it's going to pop up and we're going to continue to see these things pop all over where we might not have been aware of them in the past. Right. Uh, well, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's how do we have a sustained movement to eliminate gate fatalities and minimize gate accidents? Absolutely. And that's and that's the conversation that's happening now. That actually, tying it back to FinSec. Sure. We'll continue that conversation at FinsTech. We'll have some really good resources available for the industry to use. We're going to be highlighting uh, other initiatives from other organizations around this this place. So, so this isn't uh, this isn't about who's seeing who can out safety someone else. This is <laughs> right. about right. let's come together and and create really good messages around gate safety because there's plenty of audiences. There's oh, yeah. schools, there's employers, there's construct. I mean, every time we throw up one of these um, chain link fences around a construction site, let's not forget. I mean, that's these temporary gates that are going up for a short period of time. Some of them are giant. Yeah, absolutely. And just as dangerous. And just as, if not more so, because nobody thinks, oh, this gate's only going to be up for three months. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> the welds are happening quickly or... they're they're not being maintained properly. That's ultimately what happens, Joe, in, 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 in my estimation from trying to understand this is that they may be installed perfectly at these schools. The gates may be, they may be beautiful, beautifully and safely installed. If they're not maintained, then they they become dangerous. Or if a bus at a school, if a bus hits a gate, and, and the facilities, people say, ah, it's a chain link gate. I, I can fix it. Oh, it's a, it's a gate. I'll bring out my welding kit and I'll fix it. They need to call one of, they need to call one of you guys, somebody yep. who's an expert in gates to give them, a, uh, to give them an opinion on what it is to make that gate safe. Yeah. And so this is, I'm, I'm going to give one example, how I think we're going to help address this and everyone can obviously create their own examples, but, um, when we were talking about school, I mean, that's that's the most recent where I yep. was at a school. So let's talk about school and, and thinking about. So we're Springfield, Missouri is the largest public school district in the state of Missouri, and it's in our backyard. So we have a great opportunity here. Now, here's the thing with schools, though, at least this school, like they have 40, 50 right. maintenance building and grounds folks. They're right. not hiring us to come deal with gates. They have a team. Right. OK, so. How do we get this message to that team? I think for us, it's going to be, you know, twice a year lunch and learns. 
invite those guys over and gals over. Let's feed you. Let's show you practical application. We've got gates here. We can show you here. This is what fallover protection looks like. These, right. This is what I'm inspecting when I look at these gates. This is what you can see. Also, here, you know, here's our phone number. Take a picture of this. If you see a gate, in your example, if you have an incident with a gate, a bus hits it, a car hits it, whatever, call me. I will come out. I will inspect it. There will not be a consultation charge. I'll tell you how I would fix it. I'll give you my recommendation because I want these gates safe, right? Ultimately, we want safe gates because, you know, to, to bring this back around to professionalism, that's something a professional industry would do, right, is to look out for look out for the industry, look out for the people that are affected by the industry. I, I, and I see I, I'm starting to hear stories like that. Uh, and, and all over the country where people have reached out to their school districts, they were so moved by um, the Quanbeck story or, or this, this little girl in, in Arizona. They're so moved by that and they want to take action. One of the things that's so powerful about our industry is our commitment to communities. And this just isn't on the contractor side. This is on the supplier side too. We are, we are, invested in our people and we are invested in our communities and to hear stories like you just um relayed there that's going to be how we make a difference and we keep the juice in the we that's how we power this momentum that's how we power this momentum is 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 a thousand little activities like that all over the country absolutely with people reaching out and sometimes it's going to be um Sometimes it's going to be schools. Other times it's going to be parks. Other times it's going to be, sure. um, and, and those are all different opportunities. And, and Joe, I commend yeah. you for, for your activity and, and others too. I mean, you and I are talking now, but sure. those, those folks out there in their local communities who are, who are committed to doing something here um, yeah. are really demonstrating that professionalism we were talking about. Yeah, Schools and parks and recreation are the low-hanging fruit here. They right. are. I mean, good. Look at any churches, churches, schools, and parks. That's right. I hadn't even thought about churches, but you're absolutely right. That's the low hanging fruit. Churches, schools, and parks. It, it's where people are congregating, where yep. they're driving to. Because I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's, it's the repeated use and the lack of maintenance that I'm hearing is the consistent yes. themes. Yes. So if you have a, if you, ins- if you install a stop, and that stop is installed correctly in you know, in 2023 or 2024, when people are watching this, and that stop over time gets bent and turns into a ramp, that's that is that's because of repeated use. Yes. If that stop breaks or that fallover post wasn't installed or is or doesn't prevent the gate falling at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Though those are the type of things that I just think. You all are going to know as a professional that a f- church facility maintenance person is not going to recognize or a school sure. maintenance person isn't going to know. That's why it's so valuable to have experts, y'all, no. in your communities addressing that churches, parks, schools. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing is, is these building and grounds folks, they don't know what they don't know. Right. right. These are right. these are people that are probably stretched thin as it is. I mean, just they're like every other employer, right? Absolutely. It's stretched thin. 
So we need to make it something where we say, this is what you look for. This is what you look for. It's as easy as providing slides of good gate, bad gate, good fall over, no fall over. This is what you need to look for, right? Here's the top five things, because I think the most recent uh, incident very well could have been avoided had there been at least at a base level an inspection procedure, right? An inspection process. So the latest news that, that I've seen on that is, the, the, so so here's what's tragic about both the Quanbeck story in California and this story in Arizona. Here's here's the latest that I, I know. And, and information is still coming out very, you know, coming out about this. Absolutely. But there was a maintenance request that went in on that gate in Arizona. Oh. About a week, well, about 10 days before the accident, there was a maintenance request that that, that whoever filled out the maintenance request said, oh, I need some welding on the back gate, on the gate near the kitchen. And I think because people can recognize that they need help with a problem, but they don't either have the technical or the yeah. knowledge on how to solve it. Yeah. That's the tragedy. So when that gate fell in California in the Quanbeck case, that gate had fallen a month before. And so when you when you start to see this pattern of people recognizing that there's a problem, and, and this is to your point about either they don't know what they don't know or they don't have the resources to fix what to fix that, that's why that's why you all need to be in, in, in contact. You as the fence professional, the fence expert, need to be in con- connected to those people. So yeah. And I don't I don't, you know, though. I think the the key message here that I'd like people to understand is that the industry is taking action on this and and we are coming together on this and and we are holding the baton now that started 20 years ago, 23 years ago. And 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 we are going to elevate it to a point where when when something happens to a gate on a facility, they're calling you as the professional. Absolutely. It's, it's that sophisticated, just like you would if a if a pipe in the middle of winter burst, you wouldn't sit there and try to fix it yourself. You'd call <laughs> somebody to do it. Yeah, absolutely. That, we want people to think AFA wants people to think of you as the fence professional like they would think of if a pipe burst in the middle of winter. Yep. 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 Or the lights went out. Or the there lights, you, you know, the you know, it's one thing to go flip the breaker box. There's a whole nother thing if <laughs> if the transformer in your front yard just exploded, right, there's a right, whole right. nother, you know, let's call somebody who actually knows yeah. how to fix this fried breaker panel. Yeah, your your wall outlet starts smoking. You don't start troubleshooting that yourself. <laughs> that's right. Call yeah. an electrician. Uh, yeah. That's the that when we talk about professionalism, yep. it's really hard for people to define, but it's not hard to describe. Professionalism sure. is. When there's a problem, they call an expert. Yep. Do the right thing because it's the right thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, we've got a question here, a general AFA question. Uh, So saying, just wondering if we aren't, uh, so if they aren't an AFA member now, if they join for the 350, is that good? Oh, is that good through 2024? Yeah. So all memberships are done on a, uh, on an annual basis, not on a calendar basis. Yeah, so your renewal. So if you join today, being what the sixteenth, I think your membership would renew the sixteenth of next December. Yeah, 
The best deal, quite honestly, best deal, look at me moving into sales mode. The best deal is to uh, get your membership as you're registering for Finston. There you go. There you go. Get a twofer. Absolutely. Let's just wrap up. So we're over an hour, so we'll start wrapping up now. I want yeah, to let's, let's shout out to a few up. people. Justin says, awesome information as always. Community building and awareness is key. Also building trust and integrity. We stand behind our work. We'll make it right. Absolutely. Very well said. So, well said. Uh, so I will hear one of the pushbacks here, and, yeah. and I get it. One of the pushbacks is, that's not my gate. I didn't install that gate. Sure. sure. People are so hesitant to uh, to touch a gate that they didn't do. And I yeah. and I get it. Sure. Um, sure. But at the end of the day, I think that part of that professionalism is informing that customer of what it'll do to make that gate right. Yeah. Uh, they, they own the gate. Sure. But if you sure. walk up there and it doesn't have fallover protection and it doesn't have, you know, if it's a swing gate and it doesn't have uh, a secondary way of preventing that gate from falling and yeah. it doesn't meet standard, in other words, it's, I think that the accountable or responsible thing to do is to inform that gate owner of what it'll take to make that gate safe. Yep, absolutely. Here, here, here's some resources for you to review. I mean, it's not just me saying this. I'm going to give you resources to say these are the steps that need to be taken. But yeah, this is how this gate can be made safe. Because I know there are owners out there that are absolutely cost conscious, right? But I believe if you put resources in front of them, make them aware of the dangers, right? And the possible repercussions. Again, every most everyone's a parent, right? So I think they can put themselves in that perspective of saying, if it's your kid who's climbing on this gate, I don't think we're quibbling over a couple hundred dollars or whatever, whatever is the hesitation here. I think it just gets done. So I think it might be an easier conversation than some are imagining it would be. I think you're right, Joe. And, and I've had this, these discussions with Eric Kwanbeck and, and I'm of the mind of, of uh, there's lots of reasons why people might, there lot, there's lots of things that people that may move people. They may move the industry people or, or your customers. They may be moved by this, by this, these tragic stories, an emotional movement. They may be moved by the legal argument. Hey, you don't want the liability of, of having an unsafe gain on your, they may be moved by the insurance argument. Hey, you're going to save money on your insurance if you have a safe gate. They may be moved by just doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, kind of, sure. a, kind of a leadership approach. Yeah. And when I'm talking to Eric Kwanbeck and, 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 and the Kwanbeck family, it's almost like I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't care what moves people. Like, they could be all of those things. It could be one of those things. Just take action. And, and that's what I'm so proud because our industry now is acting and, and I, I love it. And again, it's, it's tragic that we're moving this and I, it's not taking away from the pain that's felt by those families, but quite honestly, just take action and, and help, help make this a reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to keep pushing forward. Josh Glover, speaking of somebody us. that's passionate about gate safety, I think Josh is uh, has has really picked up the torch in the very he beginning. Is. So he is. Josh, I appreciate you appreciate you tuning in. Me too, Josh. Facebook user says, "Great podcast." Thank you, Facebook <laughs> user. Thanks, Facebook user. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, it. Uh, I think this was a great discussion. Uh, if 
interested in attending FinSTech to continue these conversations, we've got the registration link in the chat. Uh, also, to learn more about the educational series, we've got that as well. Um, if if you can at all, if it is at all possible, you need to seriously consider going. It is an event that we love going to that I feel like I always walk away uh, with a little bit more knowledge than I showed up with, which is uh, in a lot of cases uh, invaluable. Well, we appreciate you uh, kind of opening the platform up to for us to have an in-depth conversation about it. I I agree. I'll even be more emphatic about it, Joe. You said if if you can make the time, I'm suggesting that if you write down the four problems that you need solved in your business yep. and, and think about what would it mean to me, what would it mean to my business to have these four or five problems solved? And then ask yourself the question, can you afford missing this year? Fair point. Fair point. I absolutely. Plus, it's going to be this is going to be a whole bunch of fun. Yeah, I mean that's there, there's both sides of that coin. It is going yeah. to be incredibly valuable, but it's also going to be a lot of fun at the same time. So, what a combination! Yep, Michael, Joe, thank, thank you. you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you always, but to be with you to talk about this in, this important stuff. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being so giving over time. I know, I know mid morning Saturday is not the most ideal time for these conversations. So I appreciate you being uh, open to coming on. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. And sure enough, we always go longer than we expect. <laughs> That's always the way. That's always the way. All right. Thanks, Guys, Jim. I, you're very welcome. I appreciate you guys watching as always. Uh, no live next week as we prepare for the holiday coming up. So this will be the last broadcast of of the year no we have one right before the first right yeah i think so so not the last of the year second last of the year appreciate you guys tuning in again if you're listening to the podcast thanks for making it to the end and uh, tune in live next time by searching joe evers on pretty much any of the social media platforms we'd love to have you be part of the conversation next time guys for now joe evers the fence expert reminding you that good fences make good neighbors and i'll see you next time